Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Because Isaiah 55, 11, if you figure this out, you're going to start learning there's responsibility to be a speaker of the word of God. Okay? Isaiah 55, 11. So the word of God is carried to you from God on his breath or on his spirit. God spoke it. So look at Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goes forth out of what? God's mouth. What do you mean? So shall be the word that goes forth out of my mouth. Well, that word's going to produce. Amen. Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, empty of power. What do you mean the word that, so God's saying, so shall, come on, right? God said, so shall thou be, what? The word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not, what? Return unto me, what? Void. Ooh, come on, somebody. So how's how's the word going to return to God? You got to speak it. It shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Do you see that? It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. You got it? So it's got to go. How does God's word return? So if I, if God sent His word. How does it return? Somebody's got to speak it. And God said, whoever speaks it, come on, it shall accomplish what I said, would he please, and it shall prosper in the one that sent it. See that? So that's God telling me and you, listen, man, I got you, but you got to speak this word back to me. Remember this? This is 1 Peter 1.23. Okay? God's word does not exist independently from God. Like him, it is alive and incorruptible. It can never be destroyed or defeated because it what? It possesses all the qualities of God himself. That's 1 Peter 1.23. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So the word of God lives and abides forever. And it's by the seed of the word of God that you and I have been born again. Isn't that good? The word, the word is eternal because God's eternal. The word is living because God's living. The word is powerful because God's powerful. Everything that is true about God is true about his word. Okay? You got that? So you got to get this, okay? So now here's the deal. You say, well, Pastor Chris, it doesn't look like the word of God's in control. It is. Okay? So you receive the very word of God. You receive the very power of God. And this means this, the very life of God, when he plants the seed of his word inside of you, come on, somebody, everything in that plant is inside of you. Now you got to just keep developing. But you got to realize this, the word of God is in control. Now, it doesn't look like it's in control in everything, but guess what it is? Because God created the heavens and the earth with his word. So now the earth might fight you a little bit for dominance, 
but if you can outlast it, you see this in Isaiah 46, 9 and 10, okay? So I'm going to read these to you. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. God created the heavens and the earth. By the word of his power, he spoke life, okay? So light came into being. God's creative word. Let there be what? He spoke it. So today, by exactly the same power, God keeps on sustaining all things and accomplishing his eternal will in life for the believer. And that's what you see in Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. I am God, there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. Well, what's that mean? Declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Ooh, you see it? You get it? You pulled it in? He said, I declare the end from the beginning. See, God doesn't call it like he sees it. He calls the end of it in the beginning of it. That's where people get challenged. Like, what do you mean, man? I'm calling it like it is. No, no, no. You got to call the end of it at the beginning of it. That's good stuff. Okay? You got to get this, right? So you got to understand this. The word of God, um, I like to say it like this. God's will is in his word, okay? The will of God is found in the word of God. Then the word of God, when it's declared, okay, you are speaking out your father's purpose for every situation and everything in life. Let me say that again, okay? God's will is his word, and God's word is his will. So then the word has already declared it, but as me and you speak it out, we are implementing our Father's purpose, not just in the earth, but over our cares and affairs of life, okay? Then the Spirit performs the Father's will by working out every detail of his plan, okay? Did you get that? So let me give it to you slow, because that's a lot. That's very, very good if you understood me, okay? So God said, let me give you my word, which is my will, and in my word, which is my will, I'm going to give you my designed life for you. Okay, good. We find it and speak it, and therefore we what? We release the Father's purpose in the earth for people, for you, for your life, for everything. And then he performs every detail of that plan because it's his word. Does that make sense? So God has his word. That's our inheritance package. That's what he wants for me and you. He gives us his word. We find that word through desire, through, through study, through the things we need. And we go, oh, I found it. Then what do we do? We speak out that word. But it's more than just speaking out words. Those words are connected to the Father's purpose. This is the will of God for my life. So if you're sick, right, and you go, by his stripes, I'm healed. God wants you to know what? That as you speak out, my will healed. I call the end in the beginning. I call me blessed in the beginning. I call me rich in the beginning. Guess what starts happening? You guys are already seeing this. I'm speaking out the Father's will, not my will, but the Father's will. But my will and the Father's will go together because it's good. And then he performs 
his will for my life. But if I don't speak it, he can't perform it. You got to give him access through the anointing that's in that word. You know? Oh, I'm telling you. God's got this thing. Okay? You know, this is going to be big, like, you know, down the road, people, but you say, oh, people ain't down with the word. America's getting farther and farther away from the word of God. The church needs to get closer and closer. Is that okay? So the operation of God's word, okay? You got to believe it and you got to act on God's word. If you want it to work effectively through you, you got to believe it and act upon it. The word of God must become living and active within you if you're going to become an effective instrument of God's will in every single area of your life. That's Hebrews 4 and 12. We need to go look at this. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures today that are going to help you. Because you all know what these things say, but you got to get an understanding of it so you can transform your tomorrow. Come on, somebody. You know what I mean? Because you're like, well, I, I believe the Bible. Well, that's great, but you got to speak it. Hebrews 4 and 12 is about the sharp-edged sword. What happens if you don't let the sharp-edged sword out? The Word of God must become living and active in between, with you. How do you make it living and active? Look what it says in Hebrews 4 and 12. For the Word of God is what? Living and powerful. Okay, it's alive. But if it's alive, is it alive just... Now, now you got to see this, right? Where's the Word of God? It's in the Bible. Is it alive in the Bible? Yeah. Now, obviously, these words ain't dancing around when you close the book. Come on, you get what I'm saying? But there's life in the word. The word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing in the soul of the spirit and the joints of the matter is a discerner in the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You see that? So let me ask a question. If the word of God is alive, which it is, right, how do we get what's alive in that word to come to pass in your life? Glad you asked. You got to speak it. Okay? Now, you got you to get that understanding. Let's sit on that for a minute. You got to what? You got to speak it. What happened? I don't want to speak it. You have to speak it. Because it's a lie, but it ain't doing you no good to you release it. You must let the word of God work in you by giving it access inside of you by hearing it. This allows what? Allowing God... To search your heart is huge, but he can't, he can't search your heart unless you know the word of God. I'm telling you. Well, how in the world is going to, how are you going to know? You got to go what? You got to read it and you got to speak it. You ever hear somebody say, don't read the Bible silently, read it out loud? Why do you think we tell you this stuff? Read the word of God out loud because when you say it out of your mouth, you release the faith within it for you to what? Receive it in faith. And what? So you say it out of your mouth and you basically receive it. You speak it and receive it and you activate it. Remember I told you the Logos? That's, that's the written. That's just written word. The Rhema is the spoken word being activated and put to alive. You activate it with release of words. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. They that love it will eat the fruit thereof. You know, you got to get this thing effectively working. Look at 1 Thessalonians 2.13. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. You got to release the power of God's words, man, through, through speaking it, believing it, speaking it. 
said, Pastor Chris, you've been talking about confession. Well, you know what's funny? Sometimes I feel like, man, Pastor Chris, you talk about confession. This is, this is how we went to church. I'm telling you, man, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Like, what do you mean when you went to church? Well, the word of God abides forever, man. Why in the world am I going to just go teach you some self-help junk that don't even work? Well, you know, brother, you could just make it to next week. No, dominate today. Change the way you feel. You know, if you learn this principle, I don't have bad days. Seriously, you think about this. When have you seen me have a bad day? You haven't. Because I don't let them come in. If it feels weird, I speak something different and change the atmosphere. I'm telling you, man, and I'm not, this is not about me. I stop having blue Mondays, gray Tuesdays, stinky Wednesdays, whacked out Thursdays, and TGIF Fridays. I've got rid of all that mess. I got every day is the same. Victory. Praise the Lord. Do you win every day? I don't even care if I lose. I can't be defeated and I ain't going to quit. You know what I'm saying? You got to start. This is how you do it. You build strength in your confession. I say it. I believe it. You set the atmosphere. Words are connected to feelings. Words are connecting thoughts. Thoughts connect to words. This is how you do it. Look what it says in 1 Thessalonians 2.13. When you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in the truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. Come on. Humble in yourself and take the word of God and its infallibility authority and keep on submitting to that undeniable power so God's word goes on working in and through you with ever-increasing effectiveness. Did you get that? You just Yeah, man, that word's alive. I, mean, I believe it. I'm telling you, you got to learn how to release this stuff. You got to, so just highlight, the word of God has to dominate my life. I'm going to learn how to release this word. I have to understand this, that God will fulfill his word to me. God will keep his promise. He has promised to give to me. He will accomplish the good and the perfect will of God for my life because he gave it to me. God bless the Lord. He's going to take care of it. But here's the thing. You got to understand how to release this stuff. But you got, here's a big one. Problem with this is people do not develop the word of God in their spirit. They just, it's like faith comes by hearing. Well, you got to still develop it in your spirit, okay? It's important. You even say, what do you mean? I'm going to explain to you, okay? First and foremost, um, you have to understand that you have to learn. This is big. I've never really talked about this too much. You have to learn how to handle the word of God, okay? It's like in, in certain um, societies, you know, you can't even say God, you know? It, like in, in, in Hebrew, they don't even say God. They have a symbol for God because it's too holy to call his name. So we have to understand that this book is holy. Church is holy. The earth's trying to make it like a, a three-ring circus, but the the Bible's holy. The pulpit is holy. The house of God is holy. You should be holy men and women of God. You don't need, that's why I don't let no, 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 no um, clowns come in here. You know, like, like, oh, you just let anybody, no, no, no. You got to qualify people, you know, because it's holy. 
I don't go anywhere and preach and not consider it to be holy. Somebody said, well, you're old school. Well, I'd rather be reverent than not. So you have to understand the first, this is how we need to handle the word of God. You must recognize that it is God's word. You should respect it because you respect the one who speaks it. So just write that down. That's gonna help. This, is gonna, this stuff's going to help you. This is going to help you be a valuable hearer. Why do I got to respect the word of God? Why well, I respect the word of God who said it. Don't you do that with people? Right? Like if, if your daddy or your mommy tell you something, right? And you like, and you honor your parents. Like, oh, no, your mom said that. Your dad said that. Or, or you know, somebody at work. How about the boss? You know, everybody, uh, you know, the guy at the water cooler, ain't nobody pay attention to him. But when the boss says something, the value comes from not just their words, but the person standing behind the word. You know? Do you, do you kind of, do you kind of hold the word of God in esteem? Do you respect God so much you respect his word? You know, many Christians, man, get too casual with the things of God. They get too casual with the things of God, the word of God. Do not treat the word of God lightly because the more reverence you put within the, on the word, the more reverence you get out of the word of God, the more impact you get from it, and the more ability you get to see it come to pass in life. So it's very, very important. When you start uh, respecting the word of God deeply, um, you will... When you respect the word of God deeply, you will approach it humbly, okay? So when you respect the word of God deeply, you will respect the word of God humbly. And um, you'll make sure you take care of it. And you ain't just gonna read it and just squander it like it's nothing. You're gonna understand, man, that's God speaking to me. You know, that's what he tried to say about the soil of the heart in Mark chapter four. He said, man, he said their ears are dull. They can't hear because they didn't esteem the word of God. Okay, the human spirit is the soil of the heart and the word of God must be sown in there. God's word is spirit in life. If you, approach, if you approach God's word foolishly, man, with some human understanding, you're gonna miss the spiritual application of it and you're gonna be rejecting some seeds with a stony heart and really becoming a problem. I'm telling you, man, when God speaks something, he is breathing it, it is communicated straight to your spirit. Do not block this. You got to receive the word of God with the spiritual um, receptiveness of the word of God is critical to taking root and transforming your life. It's true. Um, the main reason why most people don't open their heart to the word of God, um, they don't allow God to speak deeply inside of them and operate in and through them is because they, 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 they allow enemies to really choke the word of God. It's big. The main reason is they, you know, they don't, they don't open their spirits to this stuff. You know? Psalm 119.11 tells us we need to hide the word of God. You know? Look at this. They don't, why do they not open up their hearts? Right? Because you're trying to intellectually reason it and therefore you do not allow God to speak into your spirit. So if you come in this thing and go, I can't understand this with human reason. It's so, how's this gonna happen? My body, my marriage, my money, all this stuff. How could this be? When you come into human mentality, 
to try to grasp the spiritual truths of the word of God, you'll become a rejecter because it is beyond mental application. It needs to be a spiritual application. So you have to be careful. Psalm 119.11 says this, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's big, man. That's big. What do you mean? Because if you hide that word in your heart, it'll lead you. That's your spirit. Because God's word will prosper you, man. But if you don't hide it, it's crazy. That's why he tells you to meditate in it. God's way will lead you to a fruitful, abundant life. Okay? Some people, other people, you forfeit this counsel and this word, you're going to lead you down the wrong road. You know? You got to delight yourself in this word. Mmm. Look at this. Um, even though sometimes it looks like it's humanly impossible, God still stays realistic in his approach towards you to show you that anything that looks impossible, he can overturn because it's possible for him. The problem is God has promises for me and you that are connected to us delighting in his word and meditating in it where other people see it. Look, 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 look. I think one of the great places is look at Psalms chapter one. Psalm chapter one. Y'all know this. Blessed is the man. That, blessed is the man. Look at one and one. We're going to look through one, two, and three. And you know, Joshua 1, eight says, he'll prosper you. He'll make your way great. He'll give you good success. Meditating in the word. That's hiding the word. But look at Psalms one and one. Psalms one and one is this. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Well, what would be counsel of the ungodly? Natural humanistic reasoning. But what? Nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. He's like, look, man, this guy is not in the counsel of the ungodly. He's not standing in the way of sinners. He's not walking towards the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And what? He meditates there in day and night. What's going to happen with that guy? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. See that right there? See that right there? Whatsoever he does shall prosper. Man, I'm telling you what. Ain't that good news? Whatsoever he does shall prosper. I don't know about you, but I'm on a prosperity road, baby. Come on, man. Why? Because I'm not allowing myself to disconnect from that word. You know? Let my word abide in you. And if ye abide in my word, you get, that's John 15. You don't need to go there. If I, ye abide, when God's word abides in you and you abide in his word, it's going to give you strength and victory over all this mess. You overcome through this stuff. Yeah, Jesus had to speak the word. Remember when the devil tempted Jesus? He kept saying, it's written, it's written, it's written. Why? Because he understood that Satan's going to try to come with reason. There's no greater attack against Satan. There's no, let me say it, let me say it like this. There's no greater defense against Satan's attacks but the word of God. That's it right there. You know, you're just like, you can attack back, but you got to have the word of God. Because a fight is not like you just sit there and get beat up. You got to fight back. 
the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for the pulling down a stronghold. And the, come on, what, you got to get the word of God coming out of your mouth. But here's the deal. First and foremost, you got to have that internal understanding that, listen, my best defense is having an understanding of the word of God. Jesus used it to speak back, but until you have the word of God embedded, you're going to buy lies. Man, you do not want to buy the lies of the enemy. Don't do it. You know? That, that might be good. Let him read John 15. Let's go to John 15. I think you need to see it because sometimes I say it and then it kind of it kind of checks me in my heart. Like, what do you mean, John 15? Look at John 15, 7. Because it makes sense, man. You see this. Can you see this? Because when you see John 15, 7, man, he's talking about, hey, because I asked this question about trust. This is about trust. You know, it's all about if ye abide in me and my words abide in you. Whoa. Everybody say, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Everybody wants to know it shall be done unto you, right? Well, he said, here's the prerequisite. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. So is the word of God abiding in you? So if the word of God's abiding in you, how do we know we're abiding in him? Say, you always hear this terminology in church. Well, abide in the Lord. What the heck's that mean? How do I abide in him? Well, how much of the word of God is abiding in you determines how much you're abiding in him. Come on. Do you see it? I know you guys are seeing this, right? Let the word of God live in you and let these desires get excited in you so Jesus' words are in us they empower us to want what he wants and will what he wills. We pray his word. We get so tuned into God. Woo! We already know God's will because we got the word. And then this thing starts to, woo, come on, somebody. When you, be when you start to understand these truths, you will develop a greater hunger for God's word. And I'm going to show you what else. You won't be able to get enough of this stuff, man, because you're going to meditate in it like, oh, I'm getting this now. Now I'm getting this thing. Oh, I get the word of God, and in the word of God is the power. And then I get the word. So it starts happening. Now you're going to see how this thing works, right? And you got to get, we're, before we get it in your mouth, we're going to stop today in a couple minutes here. But, okay, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Pastor Chris, what you're saying is, so God gave me this inheritance book called the Bible. Yes. And in this book, he spoke his word. Yes. But I thought guys wrote it with a pen. Yes. Now, well, let me show you something. This is a miracle. I never said this before in my life. You're going to love this, right? So God speaks to men. Okay, now this happens with me. You said, Pastor Chris, you wrote the Bible? No but it's the same principle. It's miraculous. I'll be going about doing my thing, right? Chilling. But because of my office as the pastor, God will give me something, okay? A thought, I'll jot it down. I, look, man, I ain't that smart. I know it's God. I ain't taking no credit. I, ain't, I am, trust me, you know when you get something from God, it ain't you, Okay? Now watch this. So I will get inspiration, a word, a, a thought, uh, something to go with the scripture. You know it ain't, you ain't that bright. Come on, man. You'll hear something. You know you ain't that bright in the inside. And I will come to you and write it in daily devotion, share it from the pulpit. The, now watch this. So this is what God did with the Bible. He gave it to Paul. He gave it to Peter. He gave it to him in thought. 
and they jotted it down. When we read what was jotted down, you get what? Wisdom from another place. Come on, guys. Have you ever done this? Have, now, I'm going to use me because I can't use nobody else. Have you ever heard something from me and you go, man, there's something on that. And then you say it, you release the ability within it, and you tell somebody else. And you're like, they're like, man, that's good. It said, that's what God did. He gave them the word. They wrote it down. When they wrote it down, God's word, they found his will. When we speak it, we ignite the power within it to create it in our own life. You see it? It's the same thing. Pastor Chris, but I, 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 I don't know. You're going to find a desire in the will of God, in the word of God. You got to dig that thing up and put it in your mind. Now you meditate in it and you kind of marinate in it and you kind of let it roll over and you kind of think about it and you meditate and you marinate, you meditate and you marinate, you meditate and you marinate and sooner or later one day what? Boom, you start speaking it. What happens when you speak it? You release the ability within it to create a reality in your life. Woo! Come on, somebody. Until you start speaking it, you don't really release it. It's not enough just knowing it. You got to release it. <laughs> Hallelujah. You seeing it? God, God's word is never stale, static, sitting, stagnant. It's moving. It's always alive and active. When you first believe God, you become and start walking in a living relationship with the Word of God, which then starts to dynamically work in your life. God speaks His Word into your spirit, and this conceives faith. The Spirit then keeps on, the Holy Spirit, keeps feeding your faith until the Word of God is fulfilled and God's answers have come. For your part, you begin by hearing the Word of God, receiving it like a seed deep in your spirit. You must cling on to that word by confessing it and acting upon it. This develops faith. Finally, when faith is matured, God's promise comes to pass. You got it? That's how you do it. Ain't no other way around it. Can't do it any other way. That'd be like, well, I'm going to go out there on a plane on a tarmac, and we're going to push it until it flies. Can't do it. Well, I'm going to go out there in my car and I'm going to push it till it gets, can't do it. You could have the vehicle to get you somewhere, but if you do not use the laws of the vehicle that operate it, it ain't going to work. So just having your Bible on a coffee table. You know, you see, if you see these people, they got it on a coffee table, they got it in their car. If you see this, we've got one on the car on the dash of the car. You know, I don't know, maybe whatever. Hey, bring yours in the dash of the car. If you got one on the dash of the car, God bless you. Just make sure you're opening it. Can't be on a coffee table. Can't be on the dash of the car. It's got to be alive and living in the inside of your heart, and it has to sooner or later start coming out of your mouth. You might say, Pastor Chris, what does this have to do with first place? A lot. Here's the deal. God being first place means I got ideas, circumstances, situations, life, but I look to the Word of God. I allow the Word of God to overcome those things, and I gravitate to the Word of God, making it the foremost authority in my life. I meditate on it. I think about it. I speak it. I live it. I walk it. I talk it. And sooner or later, it starts coming out of me on a constant. I'm releasing faith, releasing ability, and releasing power to change my world. That is how you do it. I promise you, you got to develop this. There's no other way around it. I've been saying this for years. I've tried to get around all of it. There's no other way. God's system is the system. That's all it is. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing has to be accepted. 
accepted needs to be meditated on, meditated needs to be held on to, the press is going to come, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the loss of other things, the affliction and persecution, it's all coming for the word. If you can hang on, it'll take root. After it takes root, you'll start speaking it and bearing the fruit. If you do not go through the process, you will not get the results. There's no other way to do it. There's no, you don't live by miracles. You don't live by this. You don't live by that. I believe in miracles, but you can't live by them. You got to live by faith. The just shall live by faith. This is how you qualify faith. This is how you quantify faith. And this is how you create the faith place that God wants you to be in. I promise you it's going to change your world. Come on, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person watching. I thank you, God, for them sharing. I thank you, God, for doing what they do to reach people. I thank you, Father, that what I spoke tonight is going to take root in their heart, going to transform their mind, and going to be a confession that comes out of their mouth. They are going to create the reality of life by the world they live in, based upon the word of God and everything they see and everything they do. And we bless them, God. Keep them, Father. Watch over them and be there for them. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, glory be to God, man. Hallelujah. We got some exciting things going on here at Relevant. I want you to make sure you get a part of it. We need you, amen. We're expanding. Glory to God. I know you're excited about it. I am too. So as the ministry is expanding, as the vision is expanding, as we're taking territory, as we're growing and seeing God move, we need your help, amen. We need you. We appreciate what you're doing, but we need you to get even more involved. So get involved. Get in a department. Grab something. You know, I always think, you know, they always say, many hands lighten the load. Ain't that the truth? You know, the other day I was doing this TV thing. This TV thing was wearing me out, you know. I, one of the things had to be fixed. A couple guys came over. And, I, and, and the first day, it was kind of like me with this monster TV. And I was like, man, I was struggling with this thing a little bit. It's awkward. You know, it's like TV. You know, you're like holding it. It's like, oh, my God. You know, and then I had to get thing moving, right? So one day I had to do, me and Luca did it, you know, and he, he's pretty big and it was a little awkward. And I was like, hey, be careful, right? And then one day me and Liz were doing it. And I was like, oh, my God, right? And she did really, really good. But today, it was funny, today, I had three grown men. Me and two, it was like butter. I said, I'll hold it here. You hold it there. We did, it was cake. The day I was by myself, I was struggling, man. It's all weird. I'm more about dropping it. I'm like, oh, I can carry it. It's just awkward, you know. It's up in the air. You know, I think, Jesus, good God, what's going on? The next day, I had, you know, he was paying attention, but you know, kids, they're like, I was like, hey, don't goof around. You got to pay. The other day, we were, little, we, were a little, we were a little less dynamic. You know, Pastor Liz is strong, but come on, somebody. You know what I mean? It was a little bit, it was, but she did great. How many of you know when I had three grown men, it was like butter? Why? Because if we all come together and do this thing, it's easy. You've never been designed to do life by yourself, and we sure have never been designed to do church by ourselves. We need you to participate. Come and get involved and give of your time. Remember this. I just was talking about this. You got your time, you got your talent, and you got your treasure. You give of your money, okay? What's your talent? Can you bring me your talent? This praise team, that's what I was talking about. I said, the praise team, I need, if you play any instrument, we need you. We have to have you. There's a, you know what? If I don't have you, I'm going to have to probably pay to have you, somebody. That's just the way it is. If you don't give of your talent, I can't play nothing. God knows you don't want me playing the keyboard. You, I, I'd pay somebody before I start playing that thing. You know what I mean? So bring us your talent, right? And you say, well, I don't have a talent, Pastor Chris. I can't play. I, if it was me, I, just, I, I can give you my time. What can I do to get involved to help? Pick up a corner. Pick up, pick up the, just like that TV. Just pick up a side. 
you're not even going to notice how heavy the load is. Jesus said this, I didn't come to load you down. He said, my yoke is easy, my burden's light. Maybe we're carrying too much stuff because you haven't gotten involved yet. It's a great question. We want your participation. We want your availability. And God needs you for his cause. I promise you that's true. We're a relevant church. We're a family. We go to church together. But guess what? We're expanding our family and we need you to come be a part of it. Amen? It's going to be awesome. Come see me Sunday. It's going to be a great Sunday. It's going to be a great day. Thank you for being with us on midweek and I'll be back soon. I'm going to see you Sunday and we've got some great things happening here at Relevant Church. I love you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.